welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's video game discussion podcast, brought to you today by SteelSeries and their new range of alias microphones. Their mics made for gamers. And a big shout out SteelSeries again for kidding us out and sponsoring the show. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. Brody. Hello. And James. Hello. I'm back. On the show today. I'm glad you're back, James. <laughs> yeah, always a relief. Always, always here <laughs> to like have you last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the show today, we're going to be talking about the surprise results of a survey of young gamers in the US. Can't wait to talk about that one. Changes to the Game Awards and ByteDance backing out of gaming. But first, Shannon, in a surprise tech time with Shannon. I want to ask you more about this like Miu Mini thing that you've got and you've been playing. What what games have you been playing on that thing exactly? Um, a lot of Simpsons wrestling I've been playing. Um, oh, what else wait, have I been playing? Is. Some old school FIFA, some some Crash, Chamber of Secrets. No, I've got some questions about this thing. How many games actually come preloaded on it? Um, None for the uh, purpose of not getting sued. In, oh, I see. It's a blank slate. Um, no, I actually don't know. It depends on like what size memory card you get. Um, yeah, but it's it's easy enough to to get games onto it. Like it's just an SD card. That if you you're that way inclined. Up. If you're that way inclined. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm like I know that there was a whole market out there for these little things, but I'm like super impressed with how like cheap they are. Um, and how many systems they run and run well. Like I saw one and I was bugging say for like forty dollars, and I just think that's a steal. Yeah, um, it looked like it was listed on like Alibaba though. Like, I, yeah, well I'm they're like... all like they're all from yeah like factories. Yeah, and so that's I, how they get around certain. I, I don't know which one to trust, so I'll, I'll need a proper mm. link. I think. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a cool little market. I love that the retro space is like booming. Yeah, I think it's just like a nice time when there's like so much emphasis on like steam decks and kind of portable gaming there and obviously the playstation portal kind of far away that there's like a way i suppose to access some of these retro games um as well um and it's a nice kind of way to bundle them all up i suppose but yes i get that it's um uh maybe not totally above board um all right Let's get into the rest of the show. And I'm eager to quiz you all about a poll conducted on behalf of the ESA that has found that video game gifts are top of the Christmas lists amongst American kids with subscriptions topping the list and in-game currency also coming in ahead of physical games. Um, we've talked a lot on the podcast about games as a service, we've kind of asked the question, who who wants games as service titles? Like, who is still playing these things? Who's dropping all this money? We all seem to be infatuated with single-player games, and they kind of seem to be the ones cleaning up at the awards. But clearly, there is demand. James, are we out of touch? Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I feel like I've always had you my think long and hard pulse. about it, though. No, yeah, no. <laughs> um... I mean, I don't think I'm out of touch in that this doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, like I mean, because ha- just to just to recap, in case I may not have been listening, what what demographic is this that wants subscriptions and currency? Uh, my understanding was was younger generations. Let me see if I can find <clears throat> out what exactly what sort of age bracket though were included as part of this. Mm. I just think like young people are classically 
you know, I don't know. They don't think of the future, right? Like, I don't. And my my biggest thing would be. <laughs> and they currency. haven't had it. They haven't had physical currency, right? So. Oh, I thought you were going to say they don't have futures, but they, I don't know if that's. <laughs> so that's Maybe not. Maybe. Well, yeah, hey, it's a, it's climate change going the way it's going. Dep- yeah. Depends on who you are. Oh, well, Yui. Politics in the podcast already. <laughs> Everyone's going to switch off. Um, <laughs> no, but. What were we talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just that honestly doesn't surprise me. Um, is is it like good? No, I think it's terrible. Like, you th- I just think like all this sh- money that you're sinking into like fucking Roblox, like hundreds of dollars at a time, and then I don't know. In like five years' time, when you're like an adult and your brain's developed and you realize it's all shit, like what do you know? Like, <laughs> what have you got to show for all that money that you've sunk into it? Like, it's never really made sense to me. Um, yeah. I can understand question. as well, like, touch, as a- maybe, but um, I feel like games still sell, so maybe, the, yeah. obviously, they're selling in markets that are older, so. Yeah, and I kind of, like, as a kid, I probably didn't play as, a like, bigger breadth of games as I do now. Like, I probably had, I mean, didn't have the disposable income for starters, so, like, I, I would just kind of play the one game I had you know, as much as I possibly could. And I feel like there's kind of maybe it's easier to do that nowadays as a kid. Like you could just have FIFA and in theory play that all year and buy all your ultimate packs or whatever the hell you do in FIFA. Um, Or like, you know, maybe Fortnite's your vice and that's kind of what you're spending all your money on. God knows I play a lot of Rocket League. So that there's an element of this true that it's still true for me. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe like it's something you grow out of, I guess is the point I'm trying to say. And maybe this kind of survey, which by the way, was um, uh, for kids age 10 to 17, you know, maybe this is something they'll grow out of. Um, but clearly it's a, a lucrative market. I mean, I guess like, you know, we better take this perhaps with a pinch of salt though, because this survey was just of a sample of about 500 kind of American teens, I guess. So it may not be representative of the whole world things, or maybe it even kind of understates the reality of the situation. Um, what about you, Brody? Did the results of this survey surprise you at all? Uh, not hearing the age demographic, no. Like, I mean, we know how popular games like Apex and Roblox and uh, Fortnite are, and obviously they keep mm. going today because of their you know, digital currencies, even GDA five for Christ's sake, like shark bucks or whatever the hell they are. Shark cards. Yeah. Shark cards. There you go. Like how well do they do? Like probably very, very well. So, um, no, it doesn't surprise me. I'm more surprised that maybe like the subscriptions topping the list, like you assumed that means like PS plus and game pass and stuff like that. So, um, that probably speaks to them understanding value to a degree, uh, value for dollar. So, um, yeah, no, I don't think so, but, um, I feel yeah. like it's similar to how I don't listen to the top 40. I think I'm definitely out of touch in terms of this side of gaming still, but yeah. I would love to know how they defined subscriptions. Like if it is PlayStation Plus, Game Pass, that kind of thing. Or World or of Warcraft. Or if it's like, ba- yeah, yeah. World of- I, I highly doubt it's World of Warcraft. <laughs> As but, an example. You know, <laughs> um, maybe it's like battle passes as well i don't know i was kind of thinking maybe battle passes kind of fell into that sort of category um but yeah i don't know it's it's perhaps maybe that's more of the in-game currency side of things um it's certainly a far cry from what it was like for me as a kid like i always wanted a game and i guess there were like 
kind of games that I knew were coming around in that Christmas time. It's like, okay, cool. Like I'll put that on my list to Santa. Um, you know, I distinctly remember like getting Uncharted three, I think it was, or maybe two and like Skyrim kind of around the same sort of time. Cause they were kind of both releases late in the year and that being like a big Christmas for me, but sorry, just you know, so you got those, those as a kid. Are, well, I wouldn't. I wasn't a kid. Maybe, maybe I <laughs> was like, an, when, when did those games come out? Skyrim was like 2011, 2011 or I think. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 2011. I was, mm, oh, no, I was, I was early teens at that point, but the same sort of age demographic that we're talking about here. I was out of high school. That's fucked up. <laughs> it is. Um, Jane. Oh no, Shannon. Sorry. I've asked James a question. Oh, wow. right? Let me go back to Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What should gamers what should you get gamers in your life for Christmas this year? Games. Um, games. That's the, I, look, so I feel like a single player title. Teach them young. Say what I they should like get this- them. Some Steel Series uh, hardware. Yeah, a Steel Series <laughs> mic. Alias <laughs> Pro. Um, I feel like credit. It's always safer just to get someone credit, unless you like know what someone wants specifically. I think like getting them like an Amazon voucher, or a PlayStation. Um, store voucher will always yeah. just be better than getting them a game unless just you're like figure out of... what their console of choice is and uh, get or the a, gift card or a controller I always love like a controller for Christmas or something like that that I wouldn't normally buy myself like some new face plates PS5 slim a new vertical stand if you will <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not listening if you're trying to get me to buy any no. of these things oh, I was, oh yeah <laughs> James still owes me a birthday present, so let's yeah. all just give him ideas. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I, think voucher, I think everyone buys really me exciting. vouchers because I, I, at least I've got everything that I want, which is probably true. Well, I've forgotten what the in-game currency is in, in Rocket League, what those coins are called, but I would take a bundle of those. I, I don't know if I've got much time left to buy that Lightning McQueen skin yet, Brody, but I would love to do that if it did cost like 40 bucks or whatever <laughs> insane amount like 32 dollars yeah <laughs> it was worth it i've played it with it zero times thanks i you. think like in fairness yeah sorry we need to cue that up in fairness like games as suicidals at least the ones that i've kind of touched they do a pretty good job of like having things there for you to buy like i've fallen victim to a number of apex legends yeah. and rocket league purchases now fortnite i've got a bunch of skins in and i'm well like some of those i log like installed the game back just to buy the skins i liked it so much should i ever go back and play the game so i very much pulled a a brody sort of thing but it's not really not really come to fruition anyhow let's crack on with the next topic and that is the game awards fast approaching jeff Keeley shed some light on some changes that are happening this year in a recent qa uh, q and a i should say he addressed the controversy of dave the diver being nominated for best indie despite the developing part of a billion dollar company he said quote it's independent in spirit it's probably a relatively small budget game but it's from a larger entity but some even something like dredge is published by team 17 so is that independent or not because you have a publisher question mark uh shannon i know you played a lot of dave the diver you quite liked it do you agree with jeff Keeley's assessment of it here within the context of the best indie category like i i don't know i feel for jeff on this one i feel like he's being roasted a lot but then like he can obviously pull rank but like 
we all voted for these games, right? So, like, if enough people felt that it was indie for whatever reason, like, I don't know if he's the one to step in because that just yeah. sets a weird precedent, which I, I don't think we can talk too much about it. But, like, he doesn't – there's no guidance given on anything. So, I feel like for him to do that um, would be a weird thing to do unless, like, people were being paid or there was some kind of collusion. But I don't think that's what happened here. Yeah. Um that was yeah, the point he made as well, that, like, yeah. ultimately it's the 120 kind of panels of critics that kind of put 100%. in the nominations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough one because, like, Baldur's Gate 3, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 hard because if it depends what you're going with. Like, you're going to have team sizes. I think they drive that was built by a handful of people. Like, even though it is part of yeah. Nexon, like, it, it, it was built by an indie, like, team but i know it's not an indie but then you could you could say that for a lot of like devolver titles or dredge um it's it's it feels like an indie game but i get by definition it's not i think it's just more around terminology and like redefining what indie means but i don't know yeah. if you're ever going to come up with something that everyone's happy with but I, I hate that like i feel like people are shitting on dave the diver like just in general and saying I've just seen a lot of negative feedback about the game itself, which is a shame because it's actually a really great game. Yeah. Um, and a cool project within a, a massive studio. Um, and that's, that's kind of my thinking as well. Right. Cause like regardless of who's developing a game, chances are there's been funding that's kind of come from somewhere, like from a publisher or investor or like a government fund or whatever, and which isn't to say that they're kind of all in a level playing field, but yeah. it is difficult to kind of pick apart no the nuance. The and Yeah. And and I think, like, there is an element of it's indie and vibe, right? Like, like there's kind of... In- indie's indie a vibe, yeah. Vibe? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like... There was an example I think I saw Greg Miller tweet about. It was like if Naughty Dog kind of spawned a small team and developed something like smaller and focused with a smaller budget and all that, would we consider that indie? Uh, And I don't think you would, but maybe it's like far more subjective now than it ever has been. Like Pentiment. Would you say Pentiment was indie? Sure. Yeah. That's a great example. Like you probably would. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. Like it's 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 hard. And the conversation's just becoming like exhausting. Cause like every time it comes up, Shannon's right, people shit on Dave the Diver, but then in the same breath, they're like, that can't be indie. But also, even though Baldur's Gate ticks the box technically, that game's too big. So you can't really be in it either. So it's like everyone's just playing fast and loose with definitions. Yeah. And it's just becoming, yeah, it's a bit uh it's just bogging it all down and it's not making it any fun. Yeah, like, is- like say like um elon must funded someone to make a game and just sunk billions of dollars into it like but it yeah. didn't have a publisher like is that like it, there's so many weird nuances to it um ugh, it's a t- but then yeah i don't know i can see why people aren't happy with it but i don't i really don't think jeff is to blame um yeah i don't really know what he would do in that situation i, I think i think critics just have to own it and like apply a, a level of you know good judgment to it and and if people are unhappy about this particular nomination, then like we as a as an industry, I suppose, as like critics, like maybe need to take that on notice and be a bit more diligent in what's put forward in the future. Mm. Yeah, perhaps another category. 
Another change to come out of the Q&A that Jeff announced was that they were moving away from the world premiere branding. As you might be familiar with the years past, you know, they'll go world premiere and it'll be a trailer for a game <laughs> that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> was that impression terrible? <laughs> um, anyhow, they're removing it because they wanted to each announcement to have its uh, kind of an even footing, like sit on a level playing field, regardless if it's something that we've seen before or not. James, do you think this at all kind of diminishes the impact of the Game Awards or is it a sign that it's kind of maturing and people know that the announcements are going to be big regardless if they've labeled them world premiere or not? (laughs) I mean, technically, you know, everything that they showed was world premieres, right? Like they never really replayed a trailer we'd already seen Unless it mm. was an ad. Like, there were ad breaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? They wouldn't be like, we've got this new trailer for Destiny. Like, do you know what? Like, everything has always been a world premiere. Like, so it kind of yeah. doesn't really make sense. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, like, sense. everything's new, Like, everything is new anyway. Like, I mean, unless they're talking about, like, a new game announcement. Like That's, that's what I always I took that, it to mean. Was that, like, was it's that the first time we're seeing that game. I think it was always but that, then that yeah, would like always get, game. I feel like that would always get muddied where, like, we're like, oh, there's a new Armored Core coming, but here's the world premiere gameplay. Like, the, do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. to me, it was yeah, always yeah, a bit, yeah. like, of a... Do we think this is a way to just disguise ads and not have that differentiation between like things being paid for and and not being paid for? I think it's just a way to temper expectations with like crazy people on the internet, honestly. Like I I feel like that has to, you know, because I've already kind of been like, oh yeah, nothing fun or exciting will be announced in my head, even though that's probably not true. Like, (laughs) you know, but, but it just sounds less dramatic. And I, I think, if if we can get to a point where these game award shows move more away from say paid ad space to like a proper you know industry awards kind of situation similar to maybe what the dice awards are or is it awards dice awards whatever i don't know i can't remember what they're yeah, called. yeah but um you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's I, see, I kind of feel like we don't need the Game Awards to be that. Like, I think the Game Awards can be its own thing and kind of maybe have the more kind of commercial side to it because, like, the Joystick Awards exist, because the PAFTAs exist, because DICE exists. Like, there's other awards. And there's awards, I should note as well, going back to the Day of the Diver conversation, that are actually, like, you know, a, a kind of peer um nominated and stuff which i think is a really nice approach too and uh, you know we've kind of like collectively put stock in the game awards and maybe because they've kind of brought in the announcements there too as well and it's kind of quite a big show and credit to jeff for doing that but um it needn't be the only game awards that we value in the same in the way that we do um yeah, I think. Yeah, but I, think I would argue point, it Shannon, is. I, I think it's going to be obvious you, where the ads are anyway, versus what's a. Uh, hey, this is cool that we've got the opportunity to show you this. I thought James had another point. Oh no, I'm just saying. Like, like I would argue this is the one that ever, everyone pays attention to. Like, I don't think anyone. Tell me which game yeah. won best best game at the Golden Joysticks. Like, can I, well, I that's I what I'm think, saying. But that's that's, saying, that's like, entirely was like Baldur's Gate down to the public, right? I'm, I think it was Baldur's Gate. It was rhetoric. <laughs> it was rhetorical. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you, though, Brody. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
yeah. if anything and, else, if nothing else, it'll save like two minutes of runtime because we won't yeah, have to true. hear the same thing. It, it was. I think James's initial point was was right though. Like it was naff at times, where it was like world premiere, world premiere, world, and it was like you were you were treating Death Training two in the same light as well, I don't even fucking know, like which fire guys DLC, yeah, like and that's yeah. not to shit on, but like Nightingale. it just felt like you would have it on everything, like when it just didn't need to be on anything. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it's it's wise that like yeah, don't set expectations any differently than they need to be and. Like, you know, it's already, they're already kind of up against it to meet the high expectations of, of gamers. You know, why, why slap I, that world premiere? I feel like we haven't it. had announcements in ages. Like, I feel like it's been But is so that quiet. him saying, yeah, like, now don't expect lots of announcements? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know. I'm curious. Like, do you think this is going to rule out seeing GTA 6 at the event? Like, I feel like it was already a pretty long shot. We've said before we think nah, Rockstar probably I feel just like do their own thing. But... always wants to make their own noise and, like, own the week or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like if, if Jeff had secured this for the show, he'd be like, you know what? We're going to hang on to the world premiere I, thing a little while longer. I, I, I could see them <laughs> announcing it next week and revealing a trailer and then someone being on stage to talk about something or just showing a little 10 second snippet or something i i feel like it's i don't know if you were jeff like no you'd want to make that happen anything that happens at that stage but no one's gonna care regardless like if it drops next week like it's gonna make the whole event yeah and any announcements seem stupid i think that you have to at least if you it comes a couple something. of days after, then there's like 48 oh. hours of people to go, oh, wow, you'd yeah, just, Wolverine looks sick. And then you'd GTA be nervous six. if you were like, what if they drop it Thursday night next week? Like, yeah. you may as well just not have the show. Like, I know that's brutal, but like. I mean, to be honest, I'm nervous about each and every episode that goes out right now. Like, I could, between the time of me, you know, stopping this, editing and posting it, we could have a GTA 6 trailer. If it happened tonight, and... I think we'd have to do a special episode or something. <laughs> It'd just be too long. Midnight yeah, Mass. Week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have... Oh, there was actually a couple more changes that I, I wanted to discuss too. Another interesting note was that he was considering adding new awards for best remake and best supporting actor. Brody, would you support those additions to the awards given away on the night? Uh, not remake uh, because I feel like it would just... I don't know. Oh, people Service already Resident get their nose out of joint about remakes like because it's you know creatively stifled so it's only going to encourage people maybe to make more um it then diminishes the remakes that make it into the game of the year thing like do they then not make that like you know it's sort yeah. of it's a bit weird and then i don't know i've heard arguments against like supporting actor because they already do enough for the i guess the performance side of things um and they should do more for the you know creative like really more in the guts sort of development side of uh, games for the awards uh, rather than yeah. focus on performance and narrative and stuff. And I sort of can see that and it's already long. So, I mean, I I think having like one catch-all uh, performance award is fine because um, you've seen plenty of people get in there that are in supporting roles. So I think that's fine. I don't think we need to add any more awards at this stage, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... I think you've convinced me actually i feel like supporting actor i was kind of getting around because i feel like we're seeing more and more um stronger performances within games and maybe the one category doesn't kind of give it enough room but thinking on it now like i think people are pretty good at even 
even if you're not necessarily like a central kind of character like if you or steal a central a scene, in a game. Know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, no matter how big or, or small the It's part, different to movies as well. Like a lot of games, yeah. it's not about, yeah, any kind of acting or actor or, or voices or motion graphics. Like, so I, I do think that, yeah, like let's focus on the gaming aspects. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, there's probably way more that could be added from a developer side. You're you're right. Well, you're already, um, I feel like they didn't show like half the categories already on the main show. Um, it's like, like the, add anymore. It's like the yeah, there's a bunch movies. like rattled through in the pre-show. That's for sure. Um, lastly, he mentioned tightening up security this year after the two notable stage intrusions we've had the past couple of years. Shannon, do you reckon it's going to go smoothly this year? What was it was there was one on opening night live as well, wasn't there? Um, oh, was that? I'd, I'd hope so because I feel like I think the public are back. I don't can't remember if they're back this year, but oh, they've opened more. There was something about the public having a, a bigger presence this year, mm. um, and I feel like people are going to want their moment in the sun. So I hope for Jeff's sake. Um, I, yeah, I feel like because it's happened so much before <laughs> that it's indie. kind of like a trend now yeah as exactly. awful as that sounds so for was me, it's the gonna, same kid gonna be i thought it was the same kid that like, i think it was or yeah didn't he get up like once saying something about Trump? no that was that was something else i think that was like he did it at something else yeah mate oh my, was it the oscars maybe i don't know, I don't know. it's interesting though because like the elden ring one like he just kind of walked up with them so like yeah. they would have to kind of pre-vet who's going up on the stage Unless they just kind Cast of like separate for Dave the Diver. separate the crowds out somewhat. Maybe I'm sure there's ways about it, but yeah, fingers crossed it goes smoothly. Before we move on, though, I want to tell you more again about these new SteelSeries mics that we're all using. As you know, listening to the podcast, we're big fans of SteelSeries and all the stuff. We're all kitted out with headsets and keyboards and mice, etc. Um, but these are the new Alias mics, and they're fantastic for gamers like us. We love that they're a professional sounding audio quality, but super simple to set up. In the case of my microphone, it's just a single USB-C cable that plugs straight in. Shannon's got a bit of a funky one, the Alias Pro, that comes with a DAC that it connects to via XLR, um, but it gives it some funky funky controls to the side. Um, both of them, though, have a three times larger capsule than, bo- than other kind of similar um, microphones on the market. Um, which helps uh, pick up our audio quality a bit better as well. So big fan of these new microphones. Big shout out to SteelSeries for hooking us up with these and supporting the show. Uh, but the next topic I have for you all is ByteDance, backing out of games. And these come according to reports from Bloomberg um, that they're going to announce that they'll be exiting the video game business, affecting hundreds of jobs as the company scraps in-development projects and attempts to shed itself of existing titles. In a tweet, Second Dinner, the developers of the popular Marvel Snap said, regardless of any changes at Newverse, which is the ByteDance subsidiary, um, Snap will continue to operate and flourish in the future. Um, flourish in the future. I just kind of loved that sentiment. It struck me as a little bit of an odd thing to say, but positive news, I guess, given the context. Um, James, coming to you on this one first. What does it say about the state of the industry that someone even as seemingly successful as ByteDance is backing out of games in such a seemingly big way? Hmm. It's hard to know. Um, it's over. Yeah. Let me no. just Google what I, ByteDance do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the no, parent no. company of TikTok. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, I Captain. can't help but think maybe it's a case of like, oh, we made twenty billion three years ago. Now we're only making fifteen billion. Like, time to shutter it. Like, is it a situation like that? <laughs> like, I don't like. I, don't, I doubt that they're because aren't they aren't they involved with Marvel Snap? I'm making that yeah, up. Yes. Yeah. Um, Good to know you're paying that... attention, James. I just read a whole statement about Marvel Snap, but that's right. <laughs> no, just, just uh, I was actually looking up who Bart Dance was. But yeah, um, <laughs> I was like double preparing somehow. But yeah, I um, <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know enough about this company to be able to comment. But like, I, I genuinely think it might be something. It's like Shannon has said many times before. I think a lot of these um, companies saw all the money on the table from 2019 to 2021 and they you know did what they needed to do to expand and then obviously the returns weren't as big when life went back to normal so yeah Yeah. do you think that's the case here shannon i think so i had no idea that marvel snap was published by bite dance like i that that struck me as being really odd not indie um no um yeah, I could see this being the thing that would have made them a lot of money at some point. And I'd have to think that I know you played a lot, Brody, but I would have to think that that um it's dwindled a little bit in playership and the money probably has as well. So I think they're probably getting ahead of getting ahead of it. They know that they're not gonna have a hit like that again. Um and they'll focus their efforts on on TikTok. The thing yeah, is well, a lot of these get... games is is like, you know, you Yes, you can get easy money with, I don't know, what do you buy, Brody? Is it gems or crystals or Marvel uh, men? Yeah, look, you can get gold. You can get stuff to upgrade your cards. Yeah. Yeah. Have you spent any money? Oh, yeah. You have. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when I was playing it, like, I, um, yeah, I spent quite a bit of money. I haven't played it in a few months. I told myself I, I think... was going to get off, and I did. I, You're I, the problem. You're the reason they bombed it. I've bombed new verse. I think that a lot of these people, especially the people who are higher up who make these decisions, maybe don't fully grasp that, yes, you can get that money in quite easily, but then you need to keep that content pipeline flowing yeah. and very regularly. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how regularly Marvel Snap gets updates, but, you know, like something something like that, you know, you need to keep people engaged. You can't just kind of rest on your laurels. And that, to get people to make shit like that, you've got to employ people for so long. And then, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I understand. This is like going back to what we were talking about before with games as a service, like, there's just so much involved compared to people think it might just be easy money quickly, but there is long term a lot of like yeah. kind of plans you have to make. So, mm-hmm. and on and just like I think like because someone has a hit once, like with Marvel Stab, like I, I always think of Pokemon Go and like how many games Niantic pushed out with like Harry Potter. There were like five other different ones that I never knew anyone that played. Um, and obviously Pokemon Go is still really successful, but like just because that worked and still does, um, it's not a success that you're going to be able to replicate it um, again. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like people one. kind of scale a little bit too quickly in some ways. And yeah. you are, that's the point you've made before, Shannon, where like COVID people saw all of this money in games and kind of plowed in there and presumably like with with substantial investment as well. And then, you know, kind of normality is kind of returned and it's, it's proven not to be as lucrative as they perhaps saw. And we've seen a lot of people kind of balance out. And I think until like, you know, I, I had the question in my notes as well to ask you, like, when does this sort of period of instability in the industry end? Because I feel like it, just every week we're talking about more layoffs and cuts and people backing out the industry in some sort of way. Um, 
like I don't think that ends until we kind of settle back at this equilibrium. Like COVID was this sort of big disruptor and until we kind of get a better long-term read of people's kind of playing habits, it's going to... They want us to, to stop spending, Ewan, so we can't be buying anything. Otherwise, well, yeah. it's just going to get worse and worse. I don't and, know how it makes sense, but and one but, day that's one day like that's going to impact, right? Like I think already we're seeing households like cut back. Is that more politics without getting into like it an is. economics? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> economics. But it's true. Like, what's yeah. more unnecessary than one hundred and twenty dollars in a game? Like, it, yeah, if you're just... trying to pay a mortgage, pay rent, etc., you're not going to be. You shouldn't be buying skins in Fortnite. <laughs> um so yeah like it's we're just gonna have to kind of reach an equilibrium point which is just gonna happen in it'll bounce back it's gonna be a slow process yeah it ebbs and flows Um, yeah 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 but yeah i mean like there's so much competition out there as well like i feel like it's particularly hard to cut through and in the case of the antic you pointed to like you know they were kind of cannibalizing themselves to an extent there by introducing essentially the same game just with a different property attached um and clearly it was well suited for for Pokemon. Uh, maybe I find this more interesting than the rest of you. You're all giving me funny expressions. No, it's... <laughs> no, I, I'm still... Yeah, I can't believe ByteDance but behind Marvel Snap. Um, yeah. I just don't need to like to be made aware I, of the world collapsing around me. Like, I know what's happening, but I, I'm <laughs> like a little bit blissfully ignorant. But, um, yeah, it is... It yeah. is it's a... Like, I mean, we always say it's been a really good year for games, but obviously... Behind the scenes, it really hasn't. It's been like almost the opposite, which is like bizarre. Like, you know, so many good games yeah. coming out. But yeah. 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 It I just mean, comes back to like all these companies need to make money and want to make money. Like it's, it's, it's all about games and art, but like that yeah. is, we're, we're idiots if we think that's not the case for any publisher. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I guess at the end of the day, it's a or competitive landscape. And, you know, if, if you want to see a game kind of do well, then you need to play it and you need to pay for it. And if people don't, then it's not going to be around forever. And the Brody, team that makes it might be around forever. It, Sorry. It'll be too late. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, Brody can become sit an on. angel investor for um, ByteDance. Let's <laughs> 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 see what season it is. Yeah. Ooh. I have a rapid fire question for you all. EA is working on a technology that would allow you to voice your own character in game. It would work by recording a sample of your voice and then creating a vocoder capable of recreating your voice. Apparently it could even kind of get like tone um, and inflection and stuff kind of right as well. If it, if this technology is all to eventuate um, my rapid fire question for you all, do we want this? <laughs> is this a thing that we like the idea of EA copying and replicating our voices. Brody, how about um, you first? Uh, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> James, I'm so I don't. This is like the one thing. Rapid I can, fire. No, I'm not. I'm breaking. I'm breaking the rules. I think <laughs> it's actually cool, and I can't help but think if it wasn't EA, if it was someone else, like Larian. Yeah. Or remedy people are like wow so cool so clever um i think like so it, so it, i'm gonna like put this is i saw a lot of people shitting on this i was actually gonna tweet about it but then i saw brody tweeted about it i didn't want brody to think i was subtweeting him so i just wanted to keep the pace <laughs> um but like i i was i think it's a genuinely cool idea because like when only yeah. not not to replace i i don't I mean, I think naturally people are being a little bit s- cynical about it and i understand this and thinking it's to replace 
paying an actor to voice a game, right? Like, I, but yeah. what I think it is, like, just imagine, like, Dragon Age, you make your Inquisitor, and you can make it sound like you. You yeah. just like, but do some I mean, so many ooh, games and, just ah, don't into the mic, have, and then it turns like, they like, have a silent protagonist. Like, I think they could, I don't. If you want to I hate my own voice. Yeah, I would I, never want to do that. Exactly. I just think it's. Too, I, I mean, I don't. Oh, I don't know if we've ever had a C bomb on the podcast before. Yeah, sorry. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> yeah. Lucky we're not live. Um, I think that's a cool idea. Like, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think. You know, it's. I, I don't know if I'd do it now. The more that I think about it. Um, but I think if you, you for people set who, all of the characters to your voice, I can see it now. Just <laughs> <the voice. laughs> but so many people, so many people do put a lot of effort into customization, and people really want those options in their games, right? Like I know so many people yeah. who make their character bad thing. look like themselves. So being able to like make yourself voice your character, like I think that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah, like your shepherd could be you in Mass Effect. Like I don't know. Like I've always, I thought that is a great idea, but. I, I think it sounds yeah. really cool. I'm all for it. You know, maybe you could even like take a, a SpongeBob audio recording and play it in and every character could be voiced sounds by SpongeBob. Like Who knows? Well, I was about to say, like, I hope it's not used to like kind of just cheat people, like voice actors and stuff out of work and all that. Like, I'm, sh- yeah. I'm hoping that that's not the intention. Um but yeah. I hope it doesn't yeah go so far as like, hey, we've got we noticed your friends also playing this game and they are uploaded their voice sample. Like, do you want your companion to be Larry? And yeah, like yeah, know. like you come across like far. Ewan in like a town in Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> Although everyone who listens to this podcast will come across all of us. In like I mean, a it town kind of reminds me now of, cool. well, this is very much not a rapid fire <laughs> question anymore, but it kind of reminds me yeah. of Cult of the Lamb, how you could like name all of your cultists and I named them after my mates. And then when something horrific happened to them, I would just screenshot it and send it to them. Maybe that makes me a bad person. I don't know. Uh, what the Wiki is the Press Up <laughs> podcast game show where the previous week's winner is part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess with the round ending. Once a person bags himself two points. Uh, last week, that was Brody tying with James in first place on 33 points apiece. Shannon just behind in second on 29 points. Kieran in third with 27 points. Myself on 25. Harry and James W tied with a point apiece. Still no one. Nil pas. It's saddening. As last week's winner, Brody is in the hosting chair today. Yeah. All right, I'm just trying to work out where to start reading this thing. Uh, let's just at the top. Yeah. Well. So have no. you have you rigged this so Shannon may get the no. points and you sabotage James? No, 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 no. I think James I... will probably do quite well. All right. Uh, I'm just going to start <laughs> down here. The game was a commercial success, selling over three million copies within ten weeks of its launch. It became the fastest selling title of 2006, the second most played game over Xbox Live during 2007 and one of the best-selling Xbox 360 games. The game received universal acclaim for its gameplay and detailed visuals and is considered Ewan. to be one of the greatest. Ewan. Is this Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare? It is not. Uh, it is considered to be one of the greatest video games ever made, winning over 30 Game of the Year awards in 2006 and oh. helped popularize the use of a cover system. A remaster. I th- I think I did hear Shannon first. Could be <laughs> lag. Could be the lag. <laughs> is it Gears of War? It is Gears of War. 
Well, <laughs> well done. done, Shannon. Well done, Shannon. Look, Thank I you. do apologise if there's lag. I sincerely no, hope I go as first. It, it was a dead heat on my end. Okay, well, look, we'll hear it in the playback. All right. Yeah. Shannon on one, everyone on nil pois. Okay, <laughs> moving on. This game is distributed as three different game modes using the same engine and each has similar graphics, art assets, and game mechanics. The first mode is a player versus environment cooperative game with four players collaborating toward collaborating toward Oh, Ewan. I'm just punching. Is it Fortnite? It is Fortnite. Let's go. <laughs> well done. Well done. I should go without saying there's no theme here, but anyway. Uh, okay, epic moving games. on to Yeah, what was I was going to say. <laughs> They're both epic. Some commonalities. Oh. Well, that ends right here. So, uh, <laughs> oh, clue. This game. Uh, yeah, I feel like I can say that. I don't think anyone will know what that means. Uh, the game is a puzzle platform video game developed by Number None and is considered to be an indie game. The game was originally released in August 2008 for the Xbox 360's Xbox Live Arcade service. Ports were developed for PC and Mac in t- yeah, 2009. Who cares? Uh, the game was des- uh, such and such, whoever it is, designed the game as a personal critique of contemporary trends in video game development. Sounds very pretentious. Uh, he self-funded the three-year project, working with webcomic artist David Hellman to develop the artwork. An anniversary version is planned for release for PlayStation James. 4 PS. James. Is it Braid? It is Braid. Well done, James. Uh, well done. Take- I was thinking Fez. Takes us to Fez. Yeah, Fez is a good game. Another cool developer guy who's not at all problematic. Uh, (laughs) All right. Last game, Tiebreaker. Where to start? Where to start? The game features an open-world environment and action-based battle system, incorporating quick-switching weapons, elemental magic, and other features such as vehicle travel and camping. The base campaign was later expanded with downloadable content, adding further gameplay options such as additional player characters and multiplayer. Oh, uh, Ewan. Ewan. Is this New World? It is not New World. No. Uh, James. The vehicles. James. Is it Final Fantasy Fifteen? It is Final Fantasy Fifteen. Huh. Uh, uh, well done, James. Disgusting. Disgusting. Look, we all knew James was going to win it. It's just a better of... By how much? And so... We made him work for it, though, Shannon. I'm I'm proud of us. We got a point When you cheated me out of that first point, I think I... I don't know about that. The the jury will let us know. Your number one fan will let us know. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, we need a new segment, James's fan mail. (laughs) You haven't answered him either. Do you want to quickly address that? Should they wait to play the DLC or should they wait for the VR version? Uh, Mr. Capcom. Uh, um... I would play the DLC. It's great. I love it. You should not miss out. You on heard it, it here first. Some, do we? Do we want to provide it. some context as to what the the message was for people that uh, didn't that, read the I message? I think that was the question. Someone what? asked James if they should play. Is it strand? What's it called? Separate, Separate ways. ways, right? Separate ways. Yeah. Separate ways now or wait for the VR version. Um, and James has said play it and then play it again. And Absolutely. Again and again, play it when again, v- play it again when VR comes, comes out. out. Absolutely. But the key Who point is that. They signed off the message. Go black as... and pay it on PS two, three, four as well. James no, okay, that's a different game, but that's fine. Anyway, I don't see. We could all we should, we should all have a fan mail segment and read our fan mail together. Well, some people... <laughs> James, you're what, the you, only I feel person like you want to compare the piles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... 
I can't help it. The people with want to the- speak to me. Sorry. <laughs> with that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Once again, brought to you by Steel Series and their new range of alias microphones. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at Press Start AU and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. We've been joined today by Shannon. Yeah, you can follow me at Shannon Grixty on all platforms. Swamped in fan mail, it was James. Yes, I am I am very approachable, so please reach out. Um <laughs> all queries can be sent to j- at James A T J M Z. Says the man who actively avoids us at PAX every year, but that's oh, fine. Well, well, wasn't invited this year, so <laughs> <laughs> uh and doing a marvelous job hosting what the wiki was Brody. Uh, thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. And I've been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy day. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs> I just fell into like an old routine and said Twitter as well, rather than socials. Mistakes.